You're listening to the K-12 Engineering Education Podcast for June 13th, 2016. This podcast is for all the educators, engineers, entrepreneurs, and parents out there who are interested in getting kids into engineering at younger ages. I'm Pius Wong, and today I'm speaking with Rachel Farig. Over the last several years, Rachel has helped teachers nationwide implement a high school level engineering curriculum produced by the University of Texas at Austin. We're speaking today about how educational standards affect the implementation of engineering courses like this. Rachel, welcome. Thanks. Today we're going to talk a little bit about standards related to engineering education at the the K through 12 level, but especially the high school level, because you have a lot of experience working with hundreds of teachers, actually, who have taught engineering uh, nationally over the last couple of years. I do. So to get us started, uh, especially for people who aren't teachers who might be listening, just what are educational standards? So educational standards is just a broad term for, uh, it's a set of guiding principles that are actually written down and articulated and are very specific about what students need to be able to know, understand, do, exhibit, display, things like that. So when you're reading um, national standards, common core standards, state standards from other places, for example, here in Texas, we have our own Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills, or TEKS, or TEX, as, as some people call them. It's just a set of guidelines that are documented so that everyone knows, um, parents, teachers, students, administrators, what it is that students will be doing and learning in a particular content area. So presumably, a bunch of influential leaders, including parents, and governments and teachers have all agreed that this is what our children will learn? That is the ideal. And typically when you look at panels of people or the committees of people who do write these standards, it is comprised largely of educators, legislators, community members, and parents. Um, However, (laughs) there's nothing really guiding the balance of what those numbers are or what they should be. And I don't know, for example, if there's any research on what that balance might best be. What would the ideal balance look like? Like more teachers, more parents? Exactly. Should we have a certain percentage of industry experts? Should we only have, um, you know, a maximum percentage of this number of parents? Things like that. Right. So then related to engineering education, what standards are out there? Are there any standards related to how we teach engineering in high school or elementary school? So there are. And the, the ones that I'm most familiar with, um, honestly, because I live and work in Texas, yeah. um, are the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills, or I'm going to continue to call them TEKS. That was yeah. how they were introduced to me. Uh, the TEKS for, um, there's a specific course called Engineering Design and Problem Solving. Um, but there are some similar courses, engineering design and presentation, um, concepts of engineering and technology, things like that. And so um, those are the standards I'm most familiar with. But um, the national or the next generation science standards, which 
really are sort of a set of national or multi-state standards, also have standards for engineering education. Hmm. And even though um, Common Core state standards don't specifically address engineering as a separate content area, when you look at the math and science and even some of the literacy standards, they are applied in any solid engineering course. Okay. So you mentioned Common Core, you mentioned NGSS. You already explained what TEKS were. That's the state-level Texas standards mm-hmm. related to science, engineering, math, etc. But how does what is Common Core and, how, and, and NGSS, and how does that play a role in this engineering education space? <sighs> and you sighed. <laughs> <laughs> so these are um, they're standards that were developed um in multiple iterations over really kind of long periods of time. And the committees that helped write these standards were huge. Um, There were a lot more industry experts who were brought in for the next-gen science standards uh, in particular um, because they wanted to um, really try to bridge. There's a vertical articulation gap that sometimes exists So we hear from industry professionals that people coming out of college don't really know what they need to know to be able to effectively do their job. And we hear from college professors that kids coming out of high school don't know what they need to know to be successful in college. And it trickles all the way down. Well, so how do we alleviate that? Because we can't just walk in and say, for example, teach a kindergartner, um, I don't know, geometry or... Um, right, or engineering. Engineering, or, yeah. exactly. You yeah. have to start small and get bigger because children start small and get bigger. So the NGSS, uh, these are these national standards covering a wide variety of subjects, not just engineering. Exactly. And they brought in, let's say, scientists mm-hmm. and uh, business people, et mm-hmm. cetera, saying this is what skills students have to know. And yes, just trickle and down. here's okay. how to... Here's what they need to know ultimately, and here's how those skills uh, go together in a college environment or a career right. environment. Right. So here's how they need to be. Here's how those um, skills and knowledge sets, for lack of right. a better term, need to be put together okay. and meshed. Um, their NGSS. What I like about those standards is that they're really they're fully integrated. So students don't just focus on writing a technical paper. They have to write a technical paper in the context of doing something else, which could be a service learning project. And in that service learning project, maybe they're learning about social sciences and engineering and possibly math and other things at the same time. Mm-hmm. So is it safe to say that these next generation science standards, the NGSS, um, it's really based on job skills in the end or what the industry says are skills that are needed? I think so, but I think that they're, when they, when the committee wrote these, um, these standards, I think that they were very careful not to pigeonhole themselves into a certain type of industry. Mm -hmm. The skills that students are learning through the application of NGSS and even some other common core and, um, certain, uh, Texas standards as well, um, the skills that they're learning could be applied 
at a first year vocational job where really you're an apprentice and you're still learning from a master practitioner. They could also be applied um, at, at the mid-level career level um, or, you know, mid-career level. They could be applied um, in a senior in a senior level career environment or even C-level. Hmm. These are skills that um, really transcend some of the labeling so what, what um, that would be we do. Like an example, especially related to engineering, like a skill that's in there. I don't, I mean, maybe that's too wow. specific. Because <laughs> um, it sounds really general. Well, basically. so for me, some of the things that come to mind um, for the, it's in both NGSS and in the, the TEKS uh-huh. uh, here in Texas, yeah. that students need to be able to investigate something independently work together as a team, bringing their own investigations with them, and then either build a product, solve a problem, and also be able to communicate their their findings or their product or their research, whatever it happens to be, effectively to an external audience. And so they're not only learning about reading or math or writing or technical writing or, you know, these aren't isolated skills. They have to learn how to do all of them and put them together in a meaningful way. So that example, that clarifies the flavor of what NGSS sounds like to me. So next, I wonder, what is Common Core? And I, for me, even not being a teacher, I know there's this controversy around Common Core. So before we get into the controversy, what is it? How is it different from the TEKS and NGSS? You touched on it already. Mm-hmm. And the real question is, does it address anything related to engineering and how we have to teach it? Sure. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say something really <laughs> controversial and people will either pat me on the back or slap me in the face. Common Core state standards, by and large, are not a problem. I actually really like the way a lot of Common Core standards are written because again, they're fully integrated. You have to be able to analyze text in multiple capacities, whether it's literature or scientific text or technical text, things like that. We all have to do that on a daily basis. If you're reading the back of a cereal box, you are analyzing text. And the standards ask for these kind of foundational skills. Well, they. Or... so here's the problem with Common Core. I like the standards. That's it. They're period. At the end of that sentence. Common Core implementation, though, required certain partnerships with large textbook corporations who claim to have all the answers for these states. They've created tests to, tests, to see if kids textbooks, meet these ancillaries, okay. workbooks, all of that. Who made the Common Core now? This is so not a again, bunch of industry experts? Well, or? no, this was written, it, it was written very people? similarly. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Um, so again, industry experts, parents, business members, community members, um, educators sure. at all levels. Then how, like, what's the difference between that and say these next gen standards? So, so they're, um, the next gen standards, I think, are a little, um, they leave more fluidity for for implementation. Okay. Um, they leave a greater ability for local control because Common Core was implemented the way it was, and there was sort of an expectation of partnerships with these large 
textbook companies. Um, and there was very little training or retraining for teachers and parents and administrators and students on how these methods could be implemented and implemented well and what proper implementation would end up doing for not only learning but instruction or teaching, it has turned into a, a fantastic a nightmare. For, for yes. some. For some. Some for, people love it. Yes. I, I've read a lot of news articles with yeah. various opinions on mm-hmm. Common Core. I haven't read controversial opinions about NGSS, oddly enough, if the content is really not that different, right. then I wonder why that, and it's, why that it's, is. it's all, all in the implementation. implementation. Okay. Exactly. So in Texas, because we're in Texas, we probably know more about yes. that here. Yep. Uh, Texas doesn't follow Common Core, right? Nope. We do not follow Common Core. Okay. Um, and in fact, I could be mistaken on this. I'm, I keep meaning to look up this <laughs> statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is illegal to teach Common Core standards wow. in Texas. However, at the at least at the elementary level, there are uh, plenty of math standards in Texas, math teaks, that are hauntingly familiar to Common Core right. standards. Right, you can't ban teaching reading and math. Which yes, is... exactly. Okay. If the concepts that you're trying to teach and the way you're trying to teach those concepts, and again, we're getting back to the um, the integration of literacy with mathematics, okay. with social science, things like that. If the standards are written the way they're written, then that's how they're written. So practically speaking, there's a lot of overlap between the states who don't implement Common Core and the ones who do. Absolutely. So thanks for the broad explanation (laughs) about these standards in general. And it sounds like uh, at least these state and national standards, they don't specifically isolate engineering that much. Is that true? Well, so I would say NGSS does call out engineering. They have standards for um, life science, physical science, um, certain social sciences. Um, There are um, English language standards. And then engineering does have their own set of standards. A separate category. Okay. Yes. Does computer science fall under there too? Just curious. You know, it's... They integrate computer science as part of the engineering standards Uh for NGSS in that um, computer animations, and it doesn't say specifically that students need to learn how to write them, Uh but the contextual feel is that students do need to do something other than watch a computer animation. (laughs) They need to learn how it works and how it's generated and kind of what the um, functionality of it could be, yeah. what the intent is, and just how how those pieces all fit together. Yeah. Um, Common Core really is math and English language arts. Those are the two main components of um, Common Core. And then those standards are applied in other content areas. Okay. And then in Texas, we have standards for every single class that is taught. So it's not, for example, life science, which could encompass biology and aquatics and ecology and things like that. We have separate standards for biology, chemistry, physics, aquatics, um, four or five different engineering classes. Every single class has its own set of standards. So... Uh, just a little bit more information about these standards. If, let's say, for example, in Texas, someone teaches an, an engineering course, what we call an engineering course, and they, that teacher does not follow 
Texas's standards, nor whatever national standards may or may not apply in Texas. What happens? Well, it's interesting. So again, in Texas, we uh, are we're typically big on what's called local control. If it is, if you have someone teaching a course who isn't following the standards, and it is not a te- what's called a tested subject, meaning there's an end of course exam for that particular class, there's really not a specific no consequence for- accountability. Okay. Exactly, okay. there's no way to other than an administrator or other teachers being in that classroom and observing what's going on, there's no way to measure outcomes versus what the teacher did versus what the students were supposed to be able to do. Right. If you have, um, if you're talking about what's called a tested subject, so again, those are things like biology, algebra one, um, English is tested, I think, at two or three different levels, mm-hmm. um, then your accountability measure is typically your student scores, but they're also more highly, um, those instructors are more highly regulated as well. Um, you get, need certain licensing probably. Or... Um, well, all, all classes do require that in Texas. You have to have, um, so the Texas Education Agency determines which uh, specific teacher certifications will be acceptable for each class. Um, but it's really more, um, again, with the local control, if you are teaching a tested subject, you're expected to implement, um, implement activities and curricula that is what's called aligned to the standards, meaning every single thing that you and your students do meets those standards in some way. Um, and if you're teaching a tested subject, usually, you work with another team of teachers on common activities and common assessments, and there's more administrative oversight as well. So you will be observed by your administrator. Is engineering design and problem solving, for example, in Texas, is that a tested subject? It is not. So teachers can say they're teaching that and do whatever they want? Technically, yes, they could. So what's the value in having these standards (laughs) In this case, I do wonder that. So standards are really meant to guide instruction and give students and teachers and schools and even parents a vision of what the learning pathway will be. It says a group of people got together and said this was important to learn. Yes. Okay. So that's all very interesting. Do you think that there should be uh, more even more standardized standards for engineering education, for example, across the country, mm-hmm. and engineering design and problem solving for all 50 states that is tested, or is that going too far? I, you know, I'm, so here's the thing. I'm not a huge proponent of standardized testing. It has its place, for sure. I grew up in New York State. I came through the Regents program. I took more than my fair share of region of regents exams mm-hmm. um and but i'm i was a good student and standardized testing didn't i didn't have the pressure even though those tests you can't move on in that class until you pass yeah. the regents you spoke about that last time that they were very basic even so you, well i don't know that they were basic or it was but easier, the, yeah our like teachers that? had the ability to overteach us okay and now some of the here in Texas, I will say some of the some of the teaks 
are really, really detailed and very thorough and encompass a lot of knowledge and understanding and doing on the student's part. And to be honest, sometimes it is not possible. Let's talk about biology for a second. Mm -hmm. Students really struggle with, um, there are some, some standards surrounding this idea of structure and function. So, for example, lipids at the molecular level are pretty hard to break down. It's really hard to break down all of those bonds. There are these big chains of fats and in order to get all the pieces pulled apart, it takes a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about it, why is it hard to lose weight? Because your lipids are either you have an excess amount or they are excess in size. So again, structure and function. Lipids serve as great insulators because they are hard to break down. It's hard to shrink them. It's hard to get rid of them. But trying to get 14-year-olds, which is your typical age of a freshman, is very, very difficult, and it's time-consuming, and it takes numerous activities to get all to those really wrap their heads around yeah. that. And because it's not just lipids, we do proteins and other things yes. as well. Yeah, I remember and, biology. Yeah, I love stuff. And so, and then they're tested on it at the end of the year. And they don't get everything. And they everything. don't retain everything. They don't right. get everything because it is so much information. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, so the, the shorter answer is I think that having standards are definitely important, especially because we're not the America just, um, geographically and, um, logistically, I guess, that we used to be. We're not um, an agrarian nation anymore. People don't stay within a 30-mile radius of their childhood home. You might move four times by the time you're 18 and then go to college four states away or even in another country. Mm -hmm. And so this argument over local control versus national standards versus state standards I think that there is definite value in having national standards only because of that yeah, you, that situation. You brought up a point I didn't even think about because, yes, you would think that if you learned engineering as a kid and then you moved to Illinois or something that mm-hmm. you would continue to learn where you left off and not yes. just learn something completely unrelated. And exactly. Right. And, you know, even when I was a teacher and I would have students come into my classroom from other states – the, just the order, the sequencing of math and science classes is different, you know, di- yeah. from place to place. And so you might have a senior taking what's considered a freshman level class because they took our freshman level class when they were, or yeah. our senior level class, I guess, when they were a freshman yeah. back in their old state. That sounds so familiar. It sounds similar to when freshmen in college who are studying engineering come in and you have Definitely students from all over the country going to one school, Mm -hmm. and they're at different levels because their high schools did not teach maybe the same levels of math, science, etc. And this is without even having engineering classes. So I can only imagine the complications if you didn't have standards in the future when you have all these K-12 through engineering courses going on. Yep, that is precisely the issue. So I see advantages and disadvantages of having these standards. So to wrap up, this conversation, 
Would you have any advice to the many schools and districts out there trying to implement their own engineering curriculum for the first time or engineering track in their mm -hmm. schools? Should they look at certain sets of standards? Should they consult with certain people? What should they do? I think, so this is um, a typical process for any, any, any time you're building or developing a program, you really should start with a needs assessment. Um, so finding out what families in your communities do and what they expect from their kids or from themselves or from the school you know, if you live in a community where parents expect their children to go to a four-year university and probably also get a post-secondary degree, if not multiple post-secondary degrees, there might be a difference in expectations for that community than a community where there are a lot of um, maybe first-time generation or, you know, generations that this, the youngest one, that this is the first one going to college or um, there may be a stronger focus on the technical aspects of education rather than the mm -hmm. liberal arts side of it. Um, it sounds like you recommend a, an analysis uh, or a bottoms-up approach to, to analyzing these needs, whereas the standards are the top-down yes, approach. Yes. Okay. So, so start with the, the grassroots needs mm -hmm. or the needs of your community. And, and also understanding what the community wants itself to look like in 20 years, because you may have a community right now that is focused on um, technical implementation or um, factory work or um, some of those non some of those uh, types of career paths where it isn't necessary to have a four year degree, but maybe that community wants to see itself as a a center or a hub of technological learning. Sure. And in that case, they would need a different focus and they would want their kids, their students to go on to a different path of education than the yeah. current, you know, whoever's in charge yeah, at that yeah. at that time in that community. It makes a lot of sense. We're recording in Austin and Austin is one of the tech hubs, software hubs of the US and I think that there's a push in local public schools, maybe non-public schools, to get kids into mm -hmm. computer science specifically and engineering. So maybe that's yeah. the reason why that is. I just want to close with that. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you, Pius. It's been interesting, and we will talk again. All right. I appreciate it. The views expressed in this podcast are our own, and they're not necessarily the opinions of any schools, universities, or other organizations with which we might be connected. Our opening music comes from School Zone by the Honorable Sleaze, and our closing music is from Late for School by Bleeptor. Both are used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Let me know what you want to talk about in K-12 Engineering Education by connecting with me on Twitter, at Pius Wong. Thanks for listening.